Hello, everybody. Welcome to a Good Friday edition of What's True for Everybody. This is where we talk about things that are true for all of us, no matter who we are. And we do it from a Jesus-centered, biblical-centered perspective. This is experience number 57, and it's called From Noon to Three. Good Friday is a day where we observe the death, the crucifixion of Jesus. And that leads us to Saturday, what's often referred to as Silent Saturday, where seemingly we just wait in darkness. And that leads to Sunday morning where the tomb is empty. But we don't want to get there before it's time because we have to honor the whole story. We have to honor Good Friday. So I just want to give a couple thoughts on Good Friday. Matthew writes this in his gospel. This is chapter 27, starting in verse 45. So Jesus has been arrested. He's been beaten. He's been flogged. He's been spit on. He's been made fun of. He is now hanging up on a cross in between two thieves. And Matthew writes this. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. Okay, so we'll stop here. First of all, it's the middle of the day and there's darkness. Does it seem like it's a bit dark in your world right now? It's the middle of the day. The sun should be shining, but for whatever reason, it's not. It's like there's a power that seemingly has more authority than than light and life has overtaken you. It's overtaken your circumstances. There's darkness when there should be light. And it's happening from noon to three. When Jesus dies on the cross, this is not a quick process. And, and, and f- even f- never minding what he's been through before this, in the garden of Gethsemane with the agony and the sweating bl- drips of blood and, and his disciples betraying him and, Lord, take this cup for me. Oh, wait, that's not going to happen here. I'm actually going to have to go through with this. And being arrested and falsely accused and all the physical abuse that he's, he's gone through. It's hap- and now he's hanging on the cross, being crucified, being killed essentially by suffocation from noon until three. Have you ever been in those moments where something bad's happening? You're, you're sick and you're miserable or you're in an argument or you're grieving something substantial. It's the job loss. It's the loss of a loved one. It's, and every minute seems like an hour, and every hour seems like a day, and every day seems like a month. I imagine time is going. There's, t- there's moments where time doesn't go as fast as it should. And I imagine for Jesus, this is one of those times, from noon until three, he's hanging on the cross. If I were Jesus, I'd be like, if you're going to kill me, at least do it quickly. Goodness gracious, for three hours, he's in this agony on, on the cross. And the temptation for us is just to skip over this and to get to Easter and to be like, oh, yeah, that Friday happened, but it happened pretty quickly. No, 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 no. This was excruciating. This was, this was death that seems like it was winning. This was darkness in the middle of the day. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land, and Jesus is hanging on this cross. Verse 46, Matthew goes on. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani. I always like saying that part, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Okay, next point. The Savior of the world here 
is uttering the words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And if the savior of the world is saying this, this, is saying this to God, how much more do we say this to God? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? My God, my God, this isn't the way I wanted it to go. My God, my God, this isn't the way I thought it, would, it, it should go. It wasn't the way I planned on it going. My God, my God, this isn't the way I would have imagined you would allow it to go. Why have you forsaken me? This relationship is gone. Why have you forsaken me? I'm looking for a job and can't find one. Why have you forsaken me? My child just won't do what I'm asking him or her to do. Why have you forsaken me? This person betrayed me and I can't get over it. Why have you forsaken me? I'm addicted to this thing. I can't get over this, this, this habit, that this rut that I'm in. Why have you forsaken me? No matter how hard I try, it seems like you're forsaking me. You ever experienced that? You ever experienced that in the last, I don't know, three weeks? Now, another point here, Jesus is actually quoting a psalm. It's Psalm 22, where the psalmist begins, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so it's it's a psalm that starts off that's like a psalm of, of death. Like, God, where are you? It feels like I'm dying here. Why have you forsaken me? But that, go read Psalm 22 sometime. That's not how the psalm ends. That's how it starts. But at some point, there's a turn. There's a shift. God does something. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's, that's the moment Jesus is in, but that's not where he's going to stay. Verse 47, when some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah, who was a prophet in the Old Testament. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. So Jesus, God, why are you forsaking me? Oh, wait, he's calling Elijah. Uh, Point here. There will always be people who don't understand what Jesus is doing. (laughs) There will always be people who don't understand who Jesus actually is. There will always be some people who, who can't comprehend that Jesus would allow something like this to happen. Oh, he's calling Elijah. No, 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 he's not. He's talking to the God of the universe. Uh, do you know anyone who, when something goes wrong, it's, it's proof to them that there isn't a God or it's proof to them that God doesn't care or it's, it's proof to them that God isn't who he says he is or who you say he is. Have you ever thought that? Like if, if, if God actually was on my side, this wouldn't be happening. There will always be people who don't understand what Jesus is doing. And sometimes that's our temptation to, if things go bad or wrong or poorly, it reflects negatively on God. But wait, remember, that's not the end of the story. That's not where all of this is headed. The Matthew continues, verse 50, And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. And when Jesus had cried out in a loud, again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. Uh, point here, there are times, and Good Friday is one of them, where it seems like death has won. It's like game over. Um, this is why when you get to like the end of the Gospel of John, the disciples are out fishing in the lake. 
and and John tells us that it's Peter's idea that they go fishing because that for several of these disciples was was their job before they met Jesus. That was their identity. That's who they were. And for Peter, it's like I blew it. Uh, I denied Jesus three times, just like he said I would. And and even at this point, Jesus was resurrected and the disciples knew it. But it's like I I messed up so badly. Um, I need like I have to go back to my old way of doing things. There are times where it seems like death has won, game over. When Jesus gives up his spirit, it's dark. The curtain of the temple torn in two from top to bottom. Tombs broke open. Matthew goes on. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection. Ooh, what? They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. I love what Matthew does here. He's not fast-forwarding Good Friday, but he's foreshadowing something. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection. He gives us in this, in the midst of this darkness from noon to three, a glimmer of hope. Wait, there's a resurrection? This isn't where the story in Psalm 22 doesn't end with, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It takes a turn at some point. Wherever you are, even if there's darkness in the middle of the day, there's hope. There's hope because Sunday's coming. Matthew goes on. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, surely this was the son of God. Point here, even in the midst of this, God can do things to remind us of who he is. Even in the midst of Good Friday, even in the midst of pitch black, even in the midst of this, this minute feels like an hour because it's, it's actual agony. God can give us moments. He can give us signs. He can give us this peace, this assurance of who he actually is. And this is not how the story ends for us. It's Good Friday. It seems like death has won. And we don't fast forward it. We sit in it. We grieve. We acknowledge all the ways that how things are that, that they shouldn't be this way or we wish these, this wouldn't be or the ways that we're hurting or the ways that we actually feel dead inside. That's part of this this life that we're living. That's part of this world, this fallen world we're living in. We're living in. But that's not the end of the story. That's not a, the end of Psalm 22. That's not the end of the gospel story. There's Silent Saturday, and then there's a Resurrection Sunday. But for now, it's noon to three, and there's darkness over the whole earth in the middle of the day. What do you need to grieve? What do you need to acknowledge of this hurts? I don't like it. It feels like a death. What do you need to cry over? What do you need to sit in? What is it like you need to let die with Jesus? This isn't going to help me move forward anymore. I have to let this thing go. From noon until three, darkness was over the earth. Grace and peace, friends. This has been what's true for everybody. But this isn't the end of the story. We'll be back.